And joining me uh, from the confines of a secret location somewhere in a former nuclear bunker, we suspect a Montana, but we're not going to pinpoint for his personal safety. Jack Stein, welcome back to Cairo News Radio. Thanks so much, buddy. I appreciate it, Spike. Hey, Spike, can, before we start, can I pay you a compliment that I meant to pay you in our pre-show meeting? Oh, can you see me on the TV monitor? That's great. Yeah, but no. me, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's uh, You have this unique ability of you swear more than any human being I have ever heard swear in my life. Uh-huh. And then when you're on air, you are the cleanest of clean. And I think it's amazing. <laughs> Um, that is, that has been hard learned over about 34 years of broadcasting and only only once, only once did I drop a, uh, a force level five on the city of Seattle one time. (laughs) Force level five. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of, by the way, force level fives, uh, this lawsuit, this Kia lawsuit, this is, uh. Uh, I could make a big deal out of this. I could make a nothing burger out of this, but it seems like a whole lot of a nothing burger, Spike O'Neill. The fact that Ann Davison, friend of the show, by the way, I spoke to her uh, on Cairo Nights. I don't know. that will be maybe a year ago, I think I spoke to her. Uh, that explains why she won't take my calls, but go ahead. Tell me more. <laughs> she we had a very chummy conversation, and she seemed like a very nice lady. And now I feel as if this lawsuit is going to be a tremendous waste of time and money. So you're suing Kia and Hyundai for failing to install anti-theft technology, and the numbers are up across the board. Spike, you got the deets on this, like 300% in some cases? Well, well, we should. the key element to this story is social media, specifically TikTok. Uh, when, okay. it was, when it was discovered uh, how to steal these vehicles using nothing but a USB cord, and it was then it was then broadcast on TikTok and shared across TikTok. That gave uh, ne'er do wells everything they needed to know about how to steal a Kia or a Hyundai right. that doesn't have this anti theft technology. Now the, the reason I think there is something to this lawsuit is because this technology it's not like it doesn't exist. This technology exists and is installed as standard equipment in cars in other countries, but not in America. So that means that to me, Kia and Hyundai made the specific decision not to include these in American-made cars. Now, I don't, I, I, I don't know if it's he's... part of the package, though, right? I mean, if I if I want it, I was just on Kia's web. If I want it, I can pay more for it, and I pay the five hundred dollars or the thousand dollars more for the anti-theft right. package. You, you, want, right? you like your new Kia? Like to keep it? Then buy the extra protection. <laughs> it's like, hey, we can sell you door locks, but they're optional. But, but this this isn't an add-on feature in other countries. Right. right. This is. Do you remember? You remember Boeing when when the uh, the seven fifty seven Max or was seven four seven Max? Right. The yeah, one. Yeah, that, yeah. The one that crashed because you couldn't disengage the autopilot. Okay. Now that was the technology was available, but Boeing tried to sell you that as an additional option, like safely landing the plane wasn't to be included <laughs> in standard features. And to me, the same thing should should having your car not be able to easily be stolen should that be not be a standard feature. I think okay. she's, I think this, right. this lawsuit has some legs. Okay. Well, so from according to the raw numbers here, from 2021 to 2022, Kia and Hyundai thefts increased by 363% and 503% respectively in Seattle. In July 2022, the police department saw an increase of 620% in reports of stolen Kia and Hyundais as compared to July 2021. Now, if you're me and you're a conspicuous consumer... You would say, I'm going to get a Subaru. 
or I'm going to get something that has the the theft thing built into it. I'm I'm saying, Spike, is that these people knew that they were buying a car that did not have the anti-theft device in it. And that's the choice that they made as consumers. The same way you buy an Apple, I buy an Android, or, or you buy a, a Mitsubishi, I buy a Ford, whatever it might be. People can make these choices. And when we infantilize people by suing a corporation or a company because they didn't provide you with a service that you didn't actually pay for, I feel like that's doing everybody... Uh, it's a trem- tremendous waste of time, basically, is a nice way of saying it. I like Ann Davison. I think that she does a fine job. This is a tremendous waste of time and money. And I view it nothing with cynicism and, and negativity. Well, you're assuming. Hey, that's our show, everybody. You're ass- <laughs> Thanks for calling. <laughs> Thanks for joining. We'll see you again tomorrow. No, you're, you're assuming people bought these cars new knowing that this problem existed and decided right, to yeah. buy. And decide- I'm, I'm assuming as well, so I'm not sure. I'm assuming these are vehicles that were three to five to ten years old. Okay. That this technology was this this lack of technology was not on the car, and they didn't they weren't aware of this this three hundred five hundred six hundred percent increase in thefts of their vehicle. You know, and maybe the lawsuit will go nowhere if if only if this lawsuit does nothing more than cause Kia and Hyundai to make this anti theft equipment standard operating features of the vehicle. Okay. All right. Well, Spike. We're, so we're going to be talking about before, Apple before we move. Later. Before we move on. Before we move sure. on. Sure, can sure, I address sure. it? Why does it have to be a spike in theft? Why was there a <laughs> spike in COVID infestations? You know, there's always a spike in something when there's an incredibly a horrible increase in a situation. It's a spike in this or a spike in that. I mean, where is the love? Okay. Go ahead. So I'm sorry. if if I buy if I buy I have an Apple phone. I love Apple products. The problem is is that Apple is, is it's a basically designed to break. It's designed to shatter into a thousand pieces. If you hold it up in the breeze, it will turn to dust. It's just fragile, <laughs> right? I I know as a consumer that when I buy this phone, I have to buy the protection for my phone. I have to buy the case and the cover and the insurance and all this other stuff. Because I want to protect my quote-unquote investment, as I like to call it, my addiction to my cell phone, right? Right, right. So I'm saying that if I am a, a consumer and I go out and I buy a Kia and a Hyundai and I'm sitting across from the nice car salesman and he says, this is what's included in the package. You get automatic windows, uh, automatic doors. Uh, and I go, well, what about the the safety package? And he goes, nope, you got to pay extra for that. And I go, ah, I don't think I'll need it. That's on me as the consumer, not on the corporation. And this is where people get frustrated with the elected officials in office or bureaucrats or whatever it is when they go after problems that aren't really problems. Like there's a way to deal with car theft in Seattle. It's not suing people who provide people with cars. Right. This is ridiculous. Well, uh, you're assuming that this was offered to people and they turned down the option. And if if that's the case, and then they shouldn't be including any kind of award one through this lawsuit. But if folks bought a car thinking that, you know, the key was all you needed to secure it, what, what a crazy idea that is. But if they thought just <laughs> locking the car or, or you know, locking the ignition was enough to make your car safe, some idiot yeah. on a, with a TikTok account and a USB cord could then come pirate your car. If that knowledge was out there, I, you're right. If somebody bought a car knowing that problem existed, they, they deserve no protection from the legal system. But I don't think that's well, the case in the vast majority of these thefts. I really, okay, so I really think the Hyundai built a car and, and Kia built a car that was prone to being jacked, 
and they knew it, and they they and they made that protection standard in other countries. But America, for some reason, you know, the car they don't like Americans. They don't like our market. We're not fair to them. Maybe maybe it was a result <laughs> of the Trump embargoes. I don't know what caused them to be mad at us to make right. our cars more susceptible to theft than cars abroad. But well, I, you know, I hope I hope the lawsuit kicks them in the rear end and kicks them in the tailpipe, and they have to protect okay, so- every damn car. There was a there was a uh, a video that went viral on YouTube, got to be a decade ago, and it was a guy showing people how to pop the locks on Fords using a a tennis ball. Did you see this? No. How, you how, you <laughs> had to pop the lock using a tennis ball. Yeah. Yeah. So you you cut off the the tip of a tennis ball and you you uh and you make it basically like a plunger and then you hold it up to a, a lock and then you you pop the the lock open right wow so you hit the tent you pop the tennis ball and air force air, air shoots the, the door force air shoots the right exactly wow. so so this goes viral on on youtube and people were saying oh yeah i use this to break into cars all the time and then there was a movie that featured this with russell crowe talking about how or it had the scene where he uses the tennis ball to pop open a four door and everyone goes look it's true it turns out it was total fiction right and and Ford suffered as a result of this um, this lie, this, this urban this legend. Meme, okay, yeah, this yeah. urban legend that was on the internet, right? So I guess I say that to say this: What kind of a person goes to the lengths to break into a Kia and and you know USB it to try to steal it? That's where I would want Ann Davison to point her attention to those individuals, not the people who just provide us with fun cars to drive around in. That's my ultimate thing. Here so so well. If a product is unsafe, shouldn't going after that product be the, be the solution? Not going after people who misuse the product. Well, I mean, they're th- they're thieves, Spike. <laughs> well, they're, they're they're going after them too. They're not. It's not like they're not. It's not like they're not going after the carjackers because there's yeah, no yeah, yeah. there's no yeah. money in that. They're going after right. Kia exactly. and Hyundai. You know, I, I get. I guess there's enough there's enough guilt and blame to go around for more than just the car thieves. I think Kia really dropped the ball here. Not the tennis ball that sucks the lock open, but they dropped the ball by, by making these cars. I mean, you know, it, they, they didn't make the cars as safe as they could have, but only in America. Okay. Well, we're Americans. That's why we, we live dangerously. We do. That's, I mean, why we, that's why football is the number one sport. Right, exactly. you're, you're right. We it's, like seeing people hurt. We do. And speaking of living dangerously, by the way, uh, what's this legislation to claim RVs as homesteads um, and muddying Seattle's homeless problem? This is from Jason Rance over at 770 KTTH. Yeah, this was a dark dark day in my personal history, by the way. What, when you lived in an RV or when you sold your RV? When I agreed with Jason Rance on a topic a couple nights ago, I read read Jason's piece off MyNorthwest.com and was in complete agreement with him. And I just had to to look at my soul. I had to take a deep, deep look in the mirror. So uh, uh, Jason was in a movie. Uh, he was featured in a film called This Place Rules. It was uh, the HBO movie about January 6th. And uh, so Jason is in that movie for all of about three or four seconds. And so I'm watching the movie This This Place Rules and I see Jason pop up and he says, Antifa. And then he goes away. And so I text Jason. I go, Jason, you're in this movie. Why didn't you tell me you're in this movie? He goes, I didn't know I was in that movie. Oh, wow. And so, <laughs> and so what, these, what these guys did is they just took a clip of Jason on Tucker talking about Antifa, uh-huh. and they cut it down. So it's literally eight seconds of Jason 
in in whatever segment it was going Antifa and then they cut away from it and I go where's the context of my friends talking about Antifa there's none of it they just use Jason so Jason technically is famous he's on HBO well I, I beyond HBO he's on Fox News and there's a ton more viewers for Fox News than HBO so <laughs> I mean, that, that might be his best supporting actor award on, on HBO his his leading actor <laughs> award his lead role yes. award is on Fox News so true, this story true. about homesteads what they're trying to do is make it so that people who are living in an RV and, and who park them throughout the city, always, right. always illegally, uh, well, unless someone moves their RV home every three days, then they are technically illegally parking their RV, sometimes on a permanent basis. The city is trying to deem these homesteads, which means that it's officially someone's residence, even though it's on a uh, public street, and would eliminate uh, the ability to remove it, to have it towed. And, 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 you know, I hate the word woke. I hate the word woke being used as a pejorative. But when mm-hmm. you, when you, when you propose this kind of, this is just lunacy to, yes. to allow folks to just squat in an RV anywhere in the city, regardless of its impact on the business community, the residential community, the public safety of an area, the public health of an area, allowing that to happen because people are on a, in a downward trend in their life or in, in, at a low moment in their life. Not a downward trend. Mm-hmm. I misspoke. What they're going through a horrible period in their life. I am fully empathetic and sympathetic for folks experiencing homelessness. And if you if you are forced to spend time in a mobile home in an RV in a trailer that that the engine won't even begin to turn over, you know I, I sympathize. But putting it on the street in front of a home or a business is not a, a working solution for anybody except the person living in the RV. And there are bigger things to consider, especially the folks who are paying taxes to have a right. safe, clean street to live on or to do business on. There's a guy on my... And again, I agree, from- I agree with Jason Rance, and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> so there's a guy. He's on a street over from I am, and he's got, uh, he's got a lovely, lovely home. He puts a lot of effort. He's one of those guys that has to have the really nice lawn, yeah, really yeah, nice Pride and ownership. I totally get it. Pride and ownership. Yep. He's, he's got he's got uh, a, a fun sign that says toad parking only because he's got toads that live in his in his lawn oh, and he's got a, oh, a really sweet lovely house he's got a couple of kids he's a really sweet guy so for the last week there's been an RV that has been parked in front of his home but it's not like a normal RV it's like what Motley Crue would have toured in in like 1985 you know it's a huge yeah it's a it monster a huge, bus yeah it's a monster bus and on the side of it Spike I'll send you the pictures of this. The guy has written, handwritten in uh, in heavy ink, scripts from the Constitution. So, uh, you know, Article 1, <laughs> Article 2, and he's a quote-unquote sovereign citizen, so he doesn't think that he needs to have plates, and he doesn't think that wow. he Wow, taxation's illegal, the whole bit. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. All over this. So it is an, not only is it an eyesore, but it's also, it's got profanity all over it, and it's got slurs all over it, directly oh. in front of my buddy's house. So I take it upon myself to say, I'm going to see if I can, you know, try to see, see if these guys will move along. They have basically abandoned that vehicle there. They parked it. They left it. They walked away. And it's just going to sit there until they come back from whatever it is that they're doing and move it. And, and I can think of nothing more frustrating than being a homeowner in a residential neighborhood and having what is otherwise, you know, uh, warrants X tour bus parked directly in front of your home 
And there's nothing oh. you can do about it. I mean, it's a it, it it blocks, you know, from the street view, it basically looks oh like, you know, uh, Guns N' Roses is going to play in this guy's backyard. The, the only thing worse <laughs> is if Warrant was actually parked in front of this guy's house. That could be the only thing that could make this situation <laughs> actually worse. And they're playing live shows on top of the RV every afternoon. See, now, right. if, I, if so, I were that guy, I would tow that at my own expense. I would I would let the city know immediately. Really? It's, it, it, it's, I, I, look, the clock is running. It's noon on Monday. This thing is parked in front of my house. Doesn't matter how long it's already been here. I've got 72 hours. This thing needs to be towed, right? And if the city can't find the funds to do it, I'll do that as a homeowner. I'll have it towed. And I'll make Captain Constitution come and bail it out of the yard where it's, where it's going to sit under fine, <laughs> under increased, you know, pro, uh, compounded interest penalties. And that thing, he'll never see it again. No, there's no way. How much do you think it would cost? To t- that thing's got to weigh four or five tons. This guy's got huge. a sign that says only toads can park here. Do you think he cares how much it costs to get that magic no. back? He wants the magic back. He does. He deserves the he magic back. A- you know, I, I, I listen, RVs are, uh, I hate that folks are forced through our economic disparity to live in a mobile home or to live in an RV or to live even worse. Those folks building a, yeah. a tiny house on an on-ramp of I-5. The fact that people are so, you know, jacked by the system that they can't earn enough to, to afford an apartment in Seattle and they have to resort to this for, to have some sense of human decency is an insult to everybody who ever paid taxes or fought for this country. But that being said, I don't want a meth lab parked in front of my kid's school. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, and, and when, when you tell RV owners that they now have a homestead and we can't yeah. make the streets safe by towing them, I think you're, you've, you've dove off the deep end of Woke Canyon. It's, it's, <laughs> that's a horrible place. That's, that's one of those extremes we swing to on both sides that's, that, right. are, that are no good for any of us. It's like, are the guys from Poison allowed to homestead? <laughs> what do you got against hairbands? So far, you've run down Guns N' Roses, Warrant, Poison. Is Tesla next? Or is that? Oh, no. You know, the fact that Tesla's band name has been sullied by an electric car is enough suffering for them. <laughs> it's Cairo Middays. That's Jack Stein, Captain America from here on out. Uh, I'm Spike O'Neill. Uh, we have lots more to talk about this afternoon. We hope you'll join us. If you want to check in with the show, 888-973-5476 is the text line. Jack Stein, Spike O'Neill sitting in. Uh, Spike O'Neill, the WHO says it's time to stockpile radiation medication. Now, you probably have the best joke. Pete Townsend, and Roger, Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey care about my <laughs> physical health? No, I know. No, that's, that's the World Health Organization, right? Right. And they're but telling I me that tell it, doesn't that mean that like nuclear threats are coming? Is that what, is that what they're telling yeah, us? Yeah, but the WHO had a lot of thoughts about, Spike, I don't know if you ever heard about this thing called COVID-19, but the yeah. WHO had a lot of thoughts about COVID-19. And as it turns out, there's been a lot of research to suggest that almost everything that the World Health Organization said and continues to say about COVID-19 is wildly incorrect from, you, I mean, you name it, right? Origins of the uh, disease, treatment for the disease, uh, the, the amount of space that needs to be between human beings. Pretty much everything they said about that is wrong. And so my assumption about the World Health Organization is as such, Spike O'Neill, that this is an attempt to 
uh, scare people. This is another. This is very similar to the doomsday clock that we saw yesterday. This is an attempt to frighten and to scare people into going out. And you got to stockpile iodine. We got to make sure that we're protected from nuclear warfare, which I highly date. I highly doubt would happen, uh, being the the conditions that we have currently in in world politics. I just don't. I just don't see it. I just see this as an attempt to scare people again, Spike. Uh, you know, first off, Jack, I respect you, but I completely disagree with you about the, the How dare you? WHO's take how on COVID-19. It, it always it you? always amazes me how folks use the benefit of hindsight to pick what was right. wrong about the assessments of COVID well, Spike, from a global still reaction. They do it today. Like, they don't change it. They still, their recommendations are still the same to this day. You can go on the website. It's like they're living two years ago in the past. I mean, they have barely changed any of the information that they have on there. Well, and and well, when they do change it, it it's kind of cringeworthy because they're a year behind everybody else that's talking about this. So they're, well, they're still saying it's a, it's a virus that mutates and changes they are still saying that that is correct is it was it Which wrong it then is. was it wrong then nope, is it wrong now nope, they okay are, so, they, are, they are correct about that so You're not correct. everything they're saying is wrong so what uh, we, we that's that's a, a a tree we can trim with with balls and glitter at, at another time okay <laughs> whether or not the who has any validity but I, I i am always concerned when when reputable people who have spent a lifetime getting educated and doing research and getting experience right. in their field are mass vilified and completely dismissed because of errors. I mean, okay. I, I think that's a dangerous practice to, to take on. So that being said, I think you're right about, you know, everybody get their iodine pills because when the big one drops, you know, nothing's going to – iodine is not going to help. Mm-hmm. If, if heaven forbid, you know, there's a nuclear exchange between rogue nations or superpowers or whomever it might be. It might be some guy with a suitcase full of plutonium-28 or whatever they're, they're blowing <laughs> things up with these days, right? I don't know. Like you said, the, the, the doomsday clock is a bit of a giggle, you know, to, right. to, to take it seriously. But I mean, what, what's the World Health Organization supposed to say to folks when 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 Russia is f- failing miserably at conventional warfare, has mm-hmm. a authoritarian kleptomaniac dictator who is mm-hmm. going to do anything but to, to save face, do anything but lose this war? And when Russian television is telling their people on a daily basis that when the bombs fly – Everybody on that side will go to hell and we all go to heaven. So we win. So, I mean, you got to you got to think about it like Russian disinformation and and the and the appearance of the Russian people. We have to think about this on a very meta level. Does Vladimir Putin want is he the kind of person who will who would pull the trigger and launch a nuclear bomb? Or does he want people to think that he is that guy? And my assumption is the latter. I, I hope he you're wants right. People I, yeah. to think that he's a wild guy. Yeah, you're right. He totally wants the world to think he's the actor who would do that to save his legacy. Right. Right. And you're you're probably right. I know you're much more versed in these in these situations than I am. I watch things well, and I try to pick up as much the rock. information. The rock. You remember, rock. You remember Ed, Ed Harris, The Rock? You remember that Nicolas Cage, uh, Sean Connery? Do you remember that? Do you remember that scene? Remember that movie? I will quote you every Nicolas Cage movie ever made, every okay, scene right. ever made. So no, I love the, scene the Rock. Where, right? There's a scene where Ed Harris is. Uh, I'm going to launch the the nuclear gas from Alcatraz into the San Francisco. Right, 49ers they were, were going to blow up a Niner game. 
Right. He's which, like, which, I'm going to do one, it. I'm, that's, that's why I thought right. it was a comedy. That scene alone, I thought it was a comedy. <laughs> but, but go on. He go says, on. He says, he goes, I'm going to do it. I'm crazy enough to do it. Don't tell me I'm not going to do it. And then when they don't meet his deadline for the money, he, they launch the missile under duress. And then at the last second, he goes, I can't do this to the American people. And they throw it into the ocean. Yeah, My but- assumption <laughs> is that most people operate like that. I'm going to do it. I'm crazy. I'll do it. But, but, but really you, but you got to remember, though, that's that storyline was based on a robbery. They were extorting money. Right. The mm-hmm. whole thing was about money. And the people who were helping yeah. Ed Harris commit that act were all mercenary military doing it for the money. With mm-hmm. Russia, you're talking about you're talking about Putin who's doing it for Mother Russia to establish the greatness of what was once the Soviet Union. He's got I think he's, he's doing it for money. Do, I think he's <laughs> doing it for the money. Well, you, well, because think, think about it like this. Now he gets to sell all of his gas at a premium to who? India and China. It's like the yeah. greatest grift of all time. And the American people are like, oh, this is about the Ukraine. No, it's about him cornering the market so that the petrodollar goes up so that he can sell his gas to the two largest consumers uh, in the world. This is a brilliant marketing scheme from a guy who's a genius. Now, I don't like Vladimir Putin. I think he's a fascist. But he if is. You he me, is. He's a murdering fascist. But you got to you got to yeah. say evil genius. I'll give it to you. He's, he's an a evil genius. He's right? an evil genius. So, You're right. So he he cuts himself off from Europe, who, by the way, were saying, we don't want to buy your gas anymore. We're going to go to windmills and we're going to go to other things. And right. he goes, OK, fine. I'll take my billions of dollars, trillions of dollars worth of gas and I'll sell it to India and I'll sell it to China and anybody else who wants to buy it. And now look what Germany is doing and the UK is doing and, and Italy is doing where they're saying, hey, do you mind if we uh, do you mind if we buy that gas at a premium? And the Russians go, absolutely. Absolutely. You can do that. We're happy to do it for you. And that's the way this works. It's all about money. It's all a massive grift. And the American people fall for it, thinking that this is just about Ukraine, which is part of part of it. True. But the other part of it is how Vladimir Putin is effectively controlling the petrodollar at the international level. And I hate to pop everybody's bubble about, you know, Ukraine solidarity and everything. But if we actually look at the underlying themes of this entire scenario, this is billions of dollars trading hands between the United States and the Ukraine and the Russians and the Chinese. And we're all like here thinking that this is about proxy war instead of just money, just currency. And that's what I think is actually going on, Spike. And you had to say this on my birthday? (laughs) <laughs> you, had to, you had to pop so this balloon sorry. on my my wife ordered my wife ordered a sky blue and yellow birthday cake for me and this is what you're giving me for my birthday is so a fat so ass sorry. dose of gift wrapped reality <laughs> i wish funny. i wish i could counter your argument jack i really do but i think i think you're more insightful on in this than i have ever dared to be i honestly well, i honestly felt this was about territorial land grab you're right about the, you're, you're right about the petroeconomics of it absolutely but yeah. I, I honestly thought this was about the ego of and the legacy of Vladimir Putin and the sovereignty of fellow nations and the fact that if he hadn't been stopped at Ukraine, he'd have probably pushed into Poland. And, and mm-hmm. that may have been the case. But you're right. If it's all about petrodollars, it's all about the petroeconomy. You know, when you're right, you're right, you're right. I mean, the guy is a, a crafty Machiavellian evil genius. So there, there's your international politics lesson for the day. Everybody. Yeah. Well, happy <laughs> birthday to me, you son of a... <laughs> uh, it's, uh, no, you know what, dude? I, I appreciate the discussion. I think you're spot on. Uh, I still think the guy... I still think the guy will do... He's already inflicted so much war crime damage on the people of Ukraine. I think yeah. that, that alone is worth arming and, and funding the people of Ukraine to try to push that back, regardless of the economic uh, international economic results of what's going on so we can both be right on my birthday okay just today i agree agree. okay thank you very much
Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of Rick and Morty. I know how big the phenomenon is. I've got a teenager who is uh, enthralled. Uh, but apparently the creator of Rick and Morty, uh, a gentleman named Justin Roiland, yeah. has been charged with two counts of domestic violence and adult swim is cutting ties. Right. And so this happened uh, over a year ago. But NBC or CBS, I think, found out about it because it, the, none of the court filings had been released. And then the story dropped out of pretty much out of nowhere. And in short order, he has lost his production company, his video game company, his television show, and pretty much his entire career. If you look at the list of, of crimes that have been uh, he's been charged with, I mean, it's really, you know, false imprisonment, felony battery. And then on top of that, in the, on the rumor mill, on the rumor circuit on, on Twitter, allegedly he was texting with an underage kid and trying to solicit this underage kid. Yeah, the 17-year-old kid. So uh, with all of that in, in mind, isn't it weird how often it seems that people who we revere as being creative geniuses. I mean, 10 years ago, Justin Roiland, uh, you know, they released Rick and Morty and it had a huge cultural impact so much so that comedy central signed on for another hundred episodes. They've still got, I don't know how many seasons left. Andrew, I know, do you know, are you a fan? I know you're a fan. You've got to be no. a fan. You're in the age bracket. No, no? So, what are you talking well, about? They, they signed him through 10 seasons. They've got six already down. Okay, yeah. So, and so he was a voice got, talent too, right? One of the voice talents. Oh, uh, yeah. He was the primary voice talent. Wow. So now, Dan Harmon of Community Fame, who's the, the other co-creator, is going to have to listen to literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of bad Rick and Morty impressions, trying to find the right guy to finish the rest of the season. I mean, if you think about it, Spike, we're not talking about small change here with Rick and Morty. They've got a movie deal. Uh, it, you've got syndication, you've got all this stuff that goes into this machine. And just because Justin Roiland has been removed from that doesn't mean that the machine stops running. Although I guess it would be like, I don't know if uh, uh, Woody Harrelson would, wasn't on Cheers anymore or something back in the What's a reference that you would get, Spike? I don't know. Oh, what's I a, don't know. Uh, if Lincoln didn't go to the theater <laughs> that night, you know, that kind of thing. God, how old do you think I am, man? Jesus. Uh, I, no, no I, I hear you. So he's also, though, Roland has also lost his gig with Hulu, his solar opposites. Yeah. That's gone. But, yeah. you know, th this is cancel culture working. You know, for, for you think so? I do, because I think if you're the kind of monster who does these kind of domestic violence and imprisonment and texting with minors for, for solicit, I don't, know, for, I don't know what he was trying to do. But when, when your social, uh, your, your extracurriculars are a, a criminal or an affront to civilization, I think you lose your ticket to the gravy train. I think these these are the kind of people that should lose their ability to. To work among society. And maybe I'm, you know, throwing down a little too hard of a hammer here. And I get that there's a whole industry relying on this guy and his creative juices, no pun intended, to to move that economic engine forward. And they'll have to find somebody that can keep this thing going. But I think that's a small price to pay to give this guy the kind of consequences that, that his actions have, have, have earned him. This is kind of guilty before innocent, though. He hasn't even been to court at this point in time. 
He hasn't even. They haven't even been to. Not you know. There's that, lawyers you know, talking. You know that that's fair. That's fair. But how about the two from ABC TV's Good Morning Three or whatever that that show was, who were let go because they were having an extramarital affair. They weren't guilty of anything, but the image of the network itself was that that was I the see. entity that was the entity that was being damaged. That's the value is is Adult Swim more so than Rick and Morty. If you've got a guy with this kind of baggage, and do, do we think he's innocent? I mean, you're right. He ha- he's only, uh, I don't he's, know. He hasn't been found guilty of anything. Uh, well, the, there's a lot of people that have already kind of presumed him guilty based on his previous behavior, his more erratic behavior, or there's a lot of the, the discourse that is occurring within people on the Internet happens to be that this is kind of a cut and dry case of a guy who has pretty severe mental shortcomings and lashed out at one of his partners two years ago and is now suffering the results of this. But the weird part about it, Spike, is how did nobody know about this for 18 months or however long it was when you would imagine oh, that this would mean, be... Oh, you mean like right the, the, the details didn't drop until yeah. this yeah. until this month? Right. Well, well, maybe that's, you know, that was the innocent until proven guilty part of it was they kept yeah. this thing under wraps until it became so overwhelmingly profound and obvious that this guy had to be called up publicly and this had to happen maybe it's maybe it's damage control from adult swim and from hulu trying to oh, distance maybe, themselves maybe. as quickly as possible from this firestorm that they they know is coming they probably know more than we do yeah i you know I I, i'm all for accountability I, you know freedom is not free from consequence you know I, i've always said that you know people say oh you're limiting my free speech well you're allowed to say anything you want to i can say anything i want to on this radio station and if i drop a few f-bombs i'm out the door there's consequence for my freedoms and there's <laughs> seriously i'm free to say whatever i want but not without consequence and just like yeah. justin Royland, there will be consequence for his actions